Good evening everyone on Zoom and here tonight. Um, I want to talk about tonight, a brief talk about um, disturbing emotions and how we bring Zen practice to bear on it. And what I'm thinking in particular is a pair of emotions that go together as opposites. And that's one of um, envy and one of gloating. Losers, so to speak, are envious and, and winners gloat. Uh-huh. And um, if, you, if you look at um, human behaviour, as a lot of sociologists and psychologists do, is that um, we can be described as, as very much status-seeking um, animals. Perhaps all animals are from an evolutionary point of view because the higher up in the hierarchy you are, maybe the better chances you have of survival. Well, at least that's an evolutionary psychology point of view. Um, but many of us really have enough, like living in a Western culture like this, we certainly have enough to survive. So our need for um, status-seeking goes far beyond mere survival. Um, and when we're status-seeking and we're caught up in that, and we are in many, many different ways, let me outline some of the ways that we are. We usually think of it in terms of um, um, status, in terms of wealth and material possessions. Um, that, that's a part of it. It's not, not the whole thing at all. Um, but we can have um, envy for other people's success in whatever it might be. Um, we may have envy for, we may just simply have envy for things that other people possess that we want. Um, it could be along the lines of um, having an attractive, beautiful partner. It could be envy over someone's skill at doing something. It could be envy over the love or the praise that another person is getting, as well as material types of things. So it's very, very pervasive. And I think it goes without saying that envy is a human emotion which runs deeply through our culture, you know, and, and through individuals. And out of envy comes more disturbing kind of emotions like um, spite, you know, so that not only may we have this grasping after what someone else has, we may also want, them, want it to be taken away from them as well, you know, and have a kind of a malicious intent around it. So all of those really negative, disturbing emotions can be, can be stirred up, um, really by our own making, really. Um, but there's also a distinction made between malicious envy and benign envy. Malicious envy is the type of envy that I'm talking about. You know, we have um, ill will towards people and grasping behaviours, but benign envy, like for instance for me, I might hear someone who's a really, really good professional Irish flute player and I'd like to be able to play like they do, right? And so it's an aspiration, you know, to be able to play like that. It's not necessarily a negative thing. It's a benign thing. 
One of the good things we can say about envy, which is borne out through human experience, is that people grow out of it. Envy is very much um, uh, something that the children display quite overtly and quite dramatically, you know, and emotionally about, and into adolescence, and it can progress into adulthood. But people often grow out of a very strong sense of envy um, in their childhood, and it will persist in some ways through adulthood. And as people get into the more mature years of their their life, um, envy has fallen away quite quite considerably. And there may be some still some subtle elements of it there, but it's it's fallen away. So that's the positive that people can grow out of this. And I suppose why I'm mentioning it is that um, a practice like Zen practice can facilitate growing out of it. So hopefully we don't have to wait until our old age before we're free of envy. Maybe we can be free of it earlier on, right, and enjoy the rest of the days we have left without that that, um, very difficult, disturbing emotion in our life. Um, Envy can also be partly driven not just by the individual but by um, cultural factors. Um, <clears throat> uh, where you have a culture like our, a lot of our Western culture, which is more and more driven by our assessment of who we are and our self-worth coming more from outside of ourselves, you know, like through social media and um, external kind of validation, then that sets up the sort of um, conditions through which envy, you know, will then arise because we're, then, we're, we're desperately trying to seek validation from outside rather than it coming from within. And one of the things that will happen um, after years of um, doing Zen practice without really trying, it just sort of naturally occurs, is that your sense of validation seems to come from within rather than from without. And that's a very important shift to take place. Um, it's just that you, you feel okay about you are, how you are regardless of your, your social status. It's like you touch on what we refer to as Buddha nature, which pervades everything and has an equality about it. And you touch into that, that bare experience of life that's like that and the sense of self-worth grows out of that that experience but if we're not in touch with that then we're we're desperately seeking the validation from others and um, as Elaine um, de Botton who um, wrote a wonderful book um, uh, Status Anxiety said is that basically the reason why people want status symbols you know which may be their material wealth or an attractive partner or some terrific academic qualification or whatever. It's all about being loved. If I've got, if I've got all these things, I'll, I'll, I'll be loved. You know, so that's where it goes beyond just survival. If I get all this, then I'll be loved. And if we're out of touch with a kind of unconditional love which is there in life anyway and come through in 
call it Buddha nature or God nature, whatever you want to call it. If you're in touch with that, you just don't need this other stuff quite so much. What happens to adults though, we may grow out of the more um, gross and, and obvious forms of envy that the children experience. But adults have a wonderful way of hiding um, their negative emotions. And so the way it may come out as adults is that we, we may f find ourselves hiding our, our envy in m making sarcastic or subtle jokes about someone who are actually envying, you know, and so it comes across as some kind of subtle put down. So that's a, um, a skill, you might say, as adults that we learned. You know, children are just disinhibited and don't know what they, don't know how to be so sneaky, but as adults we learn to be sneaky. So we do it in a much more subtle way. But it's very important to recognise this. And so to, to move on to how we we deal with it with, in practice is the first step, quite simply, is to acknowledge it. You know, it's a un very unpleasant truth to recognise in ourselves that we may be envious and then become spiteful. That sounds terrible. Right? Um, but if we have that ability to sit with that experience when it comes up in, in Sarsen or it comes up in our everyday life and just label it. Like there I'm, I'm experiencing envy. Right? or an experiencing spite that's coming out of the envy, or the other end of the spectrum, I'm gloating because I think I'm at the top of the status scale now, right? I'm winning. And if we're willing to just simply acknowledge that feeling when it comes up, um, it makes a huge difference. Then you don't, you don't unconsciously just automatically keep it going. And what is also important in the labelling process. <clears throat> it's not only that you put a word to it and acknowledge it, but but stay with it. Like keep keep on being envious and be mindful and conscious of being envious and just check out how it makes you feel. Right? And if you check out how it makes you feel when you get into that thinking pattern, it does not bring any contentment whatsoever. Um, it's a very disturbing, unsettling, restless kind of experience, hungry kind of experience, and it keeps on going. And then you realise that I'm the one perpetuating this disturbing, unpleasant emotional experience. And as long as I keep automatically perpetuating it, I'm not going to feel good. Right? So there's a desire comes out of direct experience to try and drop it or let it go. What's involved in envy is the whole dynamic of comparing all the time. You know, am I, am I more favourable, less favourable, saying whatever it might be. Um, and you can, I know from my own experience, you can identify envy comparing mind and you acknowledge it and then instead of feeding it, you drop it and move on. <clears throat> and if you do that time and time again through your life, the power of that negative dynamic over you drops away. You just see that comparing does not lead to any personal happiness whatsoever. 
but you learn the lesson over and over again until you stop wanting to hit yourself on the head with a bit of four by two. You know, you stop. It's not helpful. It's not making you happy. It's almost like by envying someone, you know, um, and having some wish fulfilment of having what they have or them having what they've already got taken away from them that we we meet some fantasy wish fulfilment. But life just simply doesn't happen that way. It's just simply delusional. That's all you can say about it. Um, but our job is to see that that's actually occurring. Now, what you can also do to take it further, which is a, um, a traditional same practice in those four um, Brahma Viharas, kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. Joy, as you know, is, is normally translated as sympathetic joy. You know, that you actually develop cultivating um, a sense of joy in the successes of other people and, and the things that they have. Now, for someone really stuck in envy, um, that's, a, that's a difficult thing to do. That's like eating a shit sandwich. <laughs> But if you start to, even though it may not be totally sincere to begin with, if you start to just start to think that way and verbalise things that way and, and act in that way, um, things start to shift for you. Sometimes you've got to do things for the feelings to move rather than thinking you've got to have the feeling of sympathetic joy and, and, and then it will follow. Sometimes you just practise doing it because you feel like it's a wholesome thing to do. And the more you do it, it, it starts to come more naturally. So yes, it does feel contrived at first, but if you do it, it can start to come naturally. Um, but there's nothing like envy, um, comparing mind, that goes on day after day, unconsciously, automatically, all the time, to really upset our equilibrium and our sense of contentment and well-being in life. It's like, if you, it's like, it's clear you keep going, going down that path, and to the day you die, you won't live in peace. And you recognise you do have the capacity to see through it and let it go. Like I said before. The positive thing about this is that they show through studies that the older people get, usually they, they grow out of it um, and their lives become more peaceful because they simply grow out of comparing themselves. So it may happen anyway, um, but if you do send practice with this in mind, you facilitate that process and you, you mature earlier on. <laughs>